This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Episode 21 of the Four Star Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Tommy. What's up? John. Lovely to be with you, as always. And Jeff. Hello. Well, I want to roll right into this conversation. We have uh, had, uh, um, we, we were supposed to have two gigantuan matches to talk about this week. I was figuring that this is going to be an extremely long episode. Um, but. The big one, the North London Derby, just didn't happen. Um, so we're going to have to dig into this nonsense. So uh, Arsenal uh, put into a, a request to the FA saying um, they didn't have enough uh, players to, to to field the game. Using the COVID uh, guideline rules that were in place, put into place for good reason for uh, when teams have an outbreak of COVID, they shouldn't have to... Um, uh, play a match, but this uh, the, it sounds like if what the rumors are are true, there was only one Arsenal player that was uh, was down with COVID, but they had four players at, at the African Cup of Nation. They had a red card violation, um, and they had a bunch of injuries. Uh, so, because the language in the policy was that having players unavailable, even though it was created for COVID. Uh, but didn't didn't specify co- having to have those players having to have COVID. Uh, the league made the was, seems like a horrible decision to me. They made the decision that um, that Ar- Arsenal could have this postponement. Um, let's dig in right there. What do you guys? What did were you guys' feelings on this, John? You want to tackle us first? Yeah, I, like you, thought the regulations were put in there for good reason. But like a lot of things, they're now being abused. Um, clubs are not allowed to uh, postpone games because they've got players away at the African Cup of uh, Nations. Um, but they're including them in the unavailable category. Um, they've also got a guy out because he got a red card. Well... You know, when you get a red card, you can't say I'm going to want to postpone the game because I'm down a player. Uh, So it just seems to me as if uh, maybe the club is using this as more of a crutch than they than they ought to. Um, Having said that, if it gets rescheduled and Dyer and Son are healthy when it gets rescheduled, I think they might have done us a favour. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, well, and definitely include Romero in the mix um, because they said he's supposed to be back by the end of the month. But so, I mean, like realistically speaking, it's not going to be played until mid February, probably at the earliest. My issue is I'm I'm definitely agreeing with you, John. I think it's an exploitation of the rules, but let's be fair. If we were spurred, if this, if Daniel Lieber or the powers that be at Spurs suggest or brought this grievance up or, this protest or whatever you want to call it, and we got our way, we wouldn't be complaining. 
because we do have some injuries. We don't have any uh, depth, and we got slaughtered by Chelsea when we played like a half-and-half good and not-so-great squad. So the fact that Arsenal shot their shot, I can't really blame them, even though it's kind of shicey with four players in African combinations. My blame is more on the Premier League for actually allowing this to happen. If they allow this to happen, that's such a slippery slope for anybody else. Um, like whether it be Spurs or any other team could be like, you know what? A, we're not up for it. Or B, you know, like we have so many injured players. Or we can, or the rumor is in theory Liverpool uh, missed a bu- or fake or faked a bunch of positive tests, you know? So because of that, I'm like, where does, where's the line drawn? You know, so, and I actually talked to my uh, Gooner friend and he, he actually agreed with me. So I was like, I kind of wanted to take out, take it out on him. Unfortunately I couldn't, but um, I'm glad that he agreed with it. Cause I'm, it's, if you buy players that represent countries in Africa and they're going to play for their country, it's like, it's kind of like, you need you need to figure out your plan B because they're probably going to play. It, it so it's just the whole situation stinks. Whether it be to be beginning to end because it, whether it be a Arsenal bring it up or B uh, the Premier League along this, it is just I think. And John said like the way the writing was renewed, it's that's what left the loophole and so much gray area. But Anthony, well, would you have? Well, I just wanted to jump in, like, uh, as much as I do blame the Premier League for making this decision, uh, I also think that there, this is Arsenal's mismanagement. Some of it, what you were just talking about, with you have to plan. If you have four players that are going to be in the African Cup of Nations, you have to have your plan B ready when, when they, they do go to that competition and make sure that you have a squad that you can field. And also, they just sent two players out on loan uh, right before this, uh, so I mean that was gross mismanagement. It was almost like they were they were planning on trying to go for this and uh, having two players off their rolls, uh, uh, just, or even just bolstered their case. And they just they just uh, loaned out another player this week. So or um, this, they might they might just be trolling right. right now. I mean, might as well they're getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's nonsense. They they mismanage their club. Uh, the the Premier League should never let them get away with it like this. Uh, Jeff, I, I kind of stepped on your turn to talk, I think. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, uh, I agree with all three of you. Everything you said is pretty much the truth. Um, I mean, Arsenal got away with gross roster mismanagement, sending two people on loan before the African Cup of Nations began. Um, and, but, and this seems to be the one that set everybody off. Right, uh, this decision by the Premier League, all the pundits went nuts. Um, everybody's furious about it. Unfortunately, the Premier League doesn't meet again until February to discuss possibly changing it. But yeah, at this point, I mean, there has been some possible gaming of the system, not only by Arsenal, but like you said, Liverpool with the 14 false positive tests, which medical professionals say isn't even possible. So. It, Pretty much any time until the Premier League changes its rule, if there's a club that doesn't want to play that day, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna come up with some sort of roster shenanigans uh, to get out of it. But there's only so much longer that 
the league can allow that anyway because they're going to run out of runway with the season and they can't go into World Cup time. John, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I want to I want to go to something that Tommy just said. And he said, well, if, if we were in the same book, uh, in the same place, we would want to allow it. Well, Tommy, there's always been different rules for your team than the other team. I mean, oh, it, that, that happens on most penalty calls, doesn't it? You know, if it's for us, it's a, it's a dead cert penalty. If it's against us, there's no chance. So, I mean, if you've got to apply those rules in this case, I think. Um, you know, well, yeah, yeah, there's a different rule. But so we're going to criticise them for doing it. At the moment, we're not doing it. Yeah, but, I, no, I... John, I, I totally like get that. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tommy. No, I, well, I mean, because, I mean, let's be realistic. And I, I have already outlined, like, we have Sun out, we have Dyer out, we have Romero out. Um, so, and because we have no depth, I mean, don't get me wrong, we have, what, three postponed games? We're playing one of the, one of the uh, makeup games this Wednesday. But, I mean, in theory, if we got some players in in the next two weeks and we had these postponed game or some a game postponed it would it could benefit us and it gives us t- and gives Harry Kane time to heat up if he does heat up but you know it but i mean yeah it's we didn't we didn't shoot our shots so it didn't matter of course but i'm just saying if we happened to and we got away with it i know we would be the scourge of the premier league as usual but I mean, I I don't blame Arsenal for shooting their shot is what I'm trying to say. It's because it, it's like whether it be in corporate America finding these loopholes or lawyers in criminal cases, they found a loophole and they did it. it, it I, fi- I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I find the person or parties involved that allowed this to happen to be more at fault. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Tommy, on that. Yeah, I mean, if the if that's the way the law is written, if that's the way the contract is written, um, then yeah, get your lawyers to look at it and see how they can find a way past it. That's uh, you know, that's the American way, for goodness sake. Let alone the English way. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. I think the big problem is that the the league hasn't been consistent with how it's done postponements and matches that were forced to be played, um, and then you had teams like Leeds who were out there playing with like uh what was it like not, like nine or ten players that were 18 or under um out for a match and i think that was a match that arsenal benefited from uh playing against them um and and the matches that were did not have been denied earlier i just don't see how this one is a is an acceptable one for for the premier league to say this one needs to be postponed when some of the other ones weren't uh jeff yeah, I was just going to say, obviously, this one ticked off uh, the board since the club released a statement afterwards, um, you know, pretty much criticizing the Premier League for the decision. And the the case that they brought up was, of course, when we had, we tried to have the Leicester game postponed so that we could make up the Wren game and stay in the late lamented Europa Conference League. Uh, but they, you know, uh, they pointed out that the Premier League wouldn't help with that fixture at all, moving that around or postponing it, which caused us to crash out of uh, that competition. So, um, yeah, I think there's still going to be more shockwaves from this. This is probably the one that's going to make the Premier League change the rule. 
Yeah, I think the most galling of the uh, of the what happens in the past was the Spurs game, the lasagna gate to, uh, game, when they had eight people out with food poisoning, and we then went away and lost and missed out on Champions League football because of that one game. I mean, if there's ever a complaint to be had, that should have been the one. But I don't know what the rules were then, if they were different from what they are now, whether they're being interpreted differently now than they were then. I mean, that's water under the bridge. But I think all of this, all of this together means, yes, the uh, Premier League have to get together. They've got to put together a, a, a fail-safe system that is fair for everybody and not allow people to take advantage of uh, of the of the rulings because they can find a loophole in them and hopefully when they get together again they will do that well and, and i don't know how what the financial arrangements are uh with the how how they they work out when like you have a, like a north london derby which is uh, which is a weekend match, which you have all the revenue that comes in because of that, you know, people coming to the stadium early, staying long, as opposed to now we're looking at like a North London Derby, probably on a Wednesday night in uh, London, you're you're not going to get the same international travelers in that are big spenders. Uh, They're coming in and buying lots of merchandise because they, they don't come out all the time. You're, you're probably going to have all, all those tickets moving to more locals um, and you're not going to have people coming out three three hours before a match to, to start spending um, on a on a work night. Um, so it's, it, it certainly has a financial impact and I don't know how that gets resolved either. But it it is pretty infuriating that now we have to have a North London Derby on a probably Wednesday night in March is what it's looking like. Um any final thoughts on this uh, uh, postponement? Well, the, the the one last thing I'd like to say is I feel really sorry for a friend of mine from Cincinnati Spurs who went over and got tickets for Morecambe and Arsenal. Well, now he will have only seen one game, been there for 10 days. Um, and, yeah, it, it probably messed up his vacation. I'm sure that he, he planned it around the Arsenal game. And, you know, I know there are these are little consequences and you might think that that's, you know, it's only one guy. But nonetheless, I would be royally pissed off if they, if I was in that position. So, so yeah, they've, they've got to sort this out and uh, and get it done to everyone's satisfaction. Having said that, will they do it to everyone's satisfaction? I sincerely doubt it. Uh, Tom, you want to jump in with this? Since... No offense to Anthony and Jeff, but um, since John and I are the longest tenured fans on the podcast, the last time I remember being or having a postponed uh, match with Arsenal was actually in the 09-10 season, if my memory serves me correctly, and we actually beat them on the our and like it was like a weird proposition because. We're still in the hunt for Champions League that season, which we eventually got. But, like, we had two games, um, one against Chelsea on a Saturday and a weekday against Arsenal. And that was the Danny Rose wonder goal. And we somehow got both wins. So, I don't know. I, like, even back then, my I had reservations because we had a lack of depth and, you know, with the fixture congestion. Because we, we had a deep FA Cup run that year as well. 
So, I mean, for argument's sake, I mean, A, Arsenal's out of the FA Cup. If Spurs have an FA Cup run, or if they get kicked out of the FA Cup, this can be made up in, like, February or March. If not, this could actually get postponed. If Spurs make a run, this could get postponed until May, which will be very interesting depending on where we are at the table. Oh, them and us and Arsenal, because... If Arsenal are still lingering around fourth and fifth and same as us, this could this could be one of those uh Champions League six pointers, so to speak. So that I don't know. Time will tell because I'm I'm gonna assume though Brighton and Burnley will be the ones rescheduled first, then Arsenal, but I don't know. It'll be well, interesting just, to see regardless. Well, just to wrap things up on this conversation and to John, to John's point on like a, a, a specific fan that he knew it, it goes well beyond just specific fans there's a lot of international travelers or even people traveling from the other side of England or traveling from Ireland um, not necessarily like the our supporters coming from the U.S. and I do know there was one one a couple guys from Chicago who uh, were tr- planning on going to that match and they weren't able to go to it um but it, it shows no respect for uh, for the fans to postpone on this short of notice. Um, this is something that they have to also work out. They have to figure out a way to notify people soon enough when when a postponement does have to happen. Um, and I don't think it had to happen in this case. But it, it, uh, the, the, the Tottenham Supporters Trust did comment on this, that it was very disrespectful to 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 tra- traveling fans, uh, which I think was really good that they spoke up. John? Well, I think that you're asking a bit much there. I mean, these games are put into place months in advance. So I know if I'm going back to London for a game, the, the, I normally plan it f- three or four months in advance. So uh, I'm not sure how they can do anything about that, particularly with COVID, which strikes so quickly. Um how you re- how you resolve that? I don't know, but it is very unfortunate. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, actually, funny you mentioned the um with the whole. Well, I guess now uh, is it Omicron or somebody told me it's Omicron. Regardless, um, I saw a tweet from Alistair Gold earlier today. He said the Premier League has confirmed that between January 10th and Sunday, January 16th. 13,625 COVID tests were administered on players at club staff. Of these, there are only 33 new positive cases. And he noted in a reply to tweet, this is the third week in a row that the positive results has decreased and lowest numbers of positives since December 5th. So, I mean, like you said, it, of course it is unpredictable, but um it sounds like things might be making a turn for the good. I mean, fingers crossed, but let's hope oh, so. Hopefully so. But that's probably a place to move us along. Oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, no, and I was going to say, especially for us, because um, not to uh, name name drop myself, but Anthony has me in charge of the Chicago Spurs trip. So I'm I'm hoping it's later in the season. But because of that, you know, this means that whatever match we go to doesn't get postponed. So yeah, no, that would that that would certainly be a positive about picking a match later in the season for sure. Which I, they are probably going to be competitive to get tickets for. I'm sure because a lot of people are probably thinking the same way. Uh, but let's uh, move the conversation along 
And I know we've probably been delaying and uh, not, and don't want to talk about this very much, but we do have to talk about this uh, second leg of the uh, Carabao Cup uh, semifinal against uh, Chelsea. Uh, this was the home leg. Uh, obviously, we had dropped the the two on the uh, uh, the the road for the first leg, um, so it wasn't looking very positive. Um, I think most of us were thinking that yeah, it's probably over, but we just want to see a good performance out of uh, out of, out of the club, um, and um, I, the performance may have been a slight bit better, especially in maybe the last twenty minutes of the match. But it, uh, on a whole, I think it was fairly similar. I think the main talking point that we have to kind of tackle is uh, Conte's lineup decision and and may. Mainly Golini being in there, I think, is the big, big one. Um, and I think Doherty was in as well. That was the, the other kind of like a, a surprise one. Like, uh, and we don't know if this was rotation for the Arsenal match that never happened, but um, but still, um, you know, semifinal that was kind of questionable. Let's start with Jeff on this one. Yeah, lineup decision wise, I mean, um, there were lots of players out there that we didn't like, but Conte really didn't have much of a choice. Um, there's so many injuries as usual. Um, and, uh, you know, he seems to think that it's a really bad idea to get the team off of a back three. Um, they need to stick with that and keep learning it. So we were going to have the, the three horsemen out there, no matter what, apparently. Um, and I think Sessegnon, he was saving for Arsenal because he wasn't sure if Reggian would be available. And there's no way you were going to trot uh, Doherty out there against Arsenal. But um, I thought that we played much better in that second game. And we were unlucky not to get a draw out of it. There were the three VAR calls that ultimately all got overturned that were in our favor for a change. Um, which of course knew you, you know, you knew they weren't going to stand up and they were all rightly overturned as well. But still, I thought, um, probably based on the team effort, we should have come out of that with a draw. There was at no point in that game, did it feel like we were going to change the tie? Um, but it, it seemed like in that specific game, we could have, uh, gotten a draw out of it. Yeah, I, I I could have seen it ending because Chelsea really didn't have to play to they just had to to not let us score. They didn't have to worry about um, beating us in this match to to be able to advance. Uh, John, um, I want to talk specifically. I mean, I agree with Jeff entirely. Actually, I thought they did play much better in the second game, but it was too late. The the the, um, the, the, the we were too far behind. But specifically, let's talk a little bit about Gallini. Um, this is the kind of game he should be playing in if he's our second-team goalkeeper um, because we can't play Lloris all the time. Now, I've, I'm conflicted about this because I've often wondered why you can't play a goalkeeper all the time because he's not running around um, getting exhausted. But nonetheless, I can imagine that it's pretty trying to play every game. But to me, Galini uh, is not coming up to expectations. I mean, let's face it, it was his mistake that caused the goal. No doubt about that. And you can't make a mistake and cause a goal every time you play. I mean, that was the big problem we had with Gomez. Great goalkeeper, but he'd make a mistake a game that gave up a goal. Um, and if Galini's going to step up 
he's got to stop making those mistakes that uh, enable the other team to score or um, he'll be on his way. Um, he's obviously the wrong choice. But having said that, he does need experience to prove that one way or the other. So I don't have a problem with him playing the second team goalkeeper. I just have a problem with whether or not Golini is our long-term second team goalkeeper. Yeah, well, yeah I, Anthony? I do have a problem with him playing in this particular match because this is a semifinal. It's against a rival. And he just got an opportunity in the FA Cup uh, the, like three days before, three, four days before. Lloris didn't need the additional rest. Um, so this didn't seem like the 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 right fixture for him to and and Lloris got the first first round of this competition as well. So to me, it felt like uh, Conte just sort of, sort of writing the, the the competition off. You're not going to put your best goalkeeper out there to try try and win this thing. Which, to be fair, I don't think any of us thought we were going to win it. But but to me, I didn't I didn't think it was the right decision for this one, given that he had just played the FA Cup. Uh, Tommy, see, I think you might have answered your own question there. <clears throat> I think based on the squad that was played, we like. I feel that it was not that we or I guess Conte considered a loss. It's not like, I mean, yeah, Kane played, but who else are we going to play? Sun's out. I mean, Mora, he can play two games a week if necessary, but I mean, who else we have? I mean, we had Bird. I think Birdvine's even injured, but like, I, I mean, Ces- I mean, what Jeff, what Jeff said about Cessnion, I do agree as well. Um, because, I mean, like, let's be fair. Matt, I mean, Matt, and John said this as well, Matt Doherty played like garbage. Uh, he always tries to cut in. I mean, fair enough, but he's not Philip Lom where he can be a right-footed left winger or left back or left wing back. Um, those don't happen that often. Uh, and then, like, you know, you got Harry Winks. I know he's played he played well against Morecambe, but I'm like, it's Chelsea. I mean, LaCelso finally got a start. I Maybe it's because Ndombele – you know, he's practicing on his own, which we'll get to eventually, you know. Um, but I don't know. It, but overall, this, like, Galini, I mean, do I blame him for coming out too late? But I but I guess the other blame, because I was watching, like, a five-minute highlight on YouTube. What was, Ten, I mean, Tanganga, he was not, like, his positioning was terrible when he was guarding or when he was marking Rudiger. So I'm like... He's got to get a good amount of blame for that as well. It's, I don't know. For me, I mean, Anthony, I'm assuming you went to the bar, um, but I'm like, for me, I just work because I'm like, based off of the first leg, I'm like, this is, I'm taking a loss on this. And I'm not wrong. I mean, yeah, as Jeff said, we did play better, but I mean, it's, it's freaking Chelsea. You know, it's not, I mean, they have enough, they have enough where they can play two squads full-time. So it's just, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I mean, because of the fixture congestion, I know it's going to be only one game if we advance to the final, but that one game could have been, I mean, less games the better any way you slice it. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too mad about this, even though there's a lot of, like, whether it be the uh, – Hoiberg call, I mean, that was fair, uh, being outside of the box or, or Kane. Like, I didn't even know that rule existed, but I'm like, that's fair. So, I mean, it, 
let the chips fall where they may, and unfortunately lost, and we didn't advance. Whatever, life goes on. Yeah, Tommy, less games are better. Well, not if you get to a final of a competition, they're not. No, I don't disagree, but the other thing is, I, maybe I, 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 I'd like to think that I'm more of a realist, not a pessimist, even though this will sound highly pessimistic, but I'm like, the lack of traction in the transfer window, which we'll get to eventually, but also the fact that like we lack of transfer activity, lack of depth. I'm like, let's see. Like we only have like our starting 11 is the, like we can tinker with maybe 14, 13 or 14 total players. But you know, let's like, let's save son. Let's save Kane. Let's save Dyer. Let's save Hugo. Let's save, you know, skip, et cetera. You know, like, those 90, like an additional 90 minutes, I'm like every, I'm, I'm a person that feels that whether it be every cent, every dollar, every minute, every whatever matters somewhere down the line. So that's my logic when it comes to that. Well, in, in some way, this might be Conte making his case that he needs more players and, 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 and by showing like, well, this is what I have to work with if I rotate. Um, but we know that he likes to work with, he does best when he's only in one competition um that, that that's where he's uh he he's winning things like we know that he hasn't done historically well when he's in the champions league um so he he doesn't like to use that second he has his first 11 that he he wants in there week in week out but he knows he's got to rotate and we lack that depth and, and, and we were never going to be able to compete with Chelsea's depth. So and, and to your point, Tommy, I'm kind of okay with it too. And I mean, I'm not happy to be out of this competition, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're moving on. We have uh, one freed up weekend to play one of these replays, which, uh, which might be beneficial. Uh, Jeff. Yeah. Real quickly. I was just going to say, you know, we've been critical of Kante's lineup selections in, a, in several of the games recently. Um, but uh, like you were saying, he doesn't have any depth to deal from, right? So if it's not the same 11 guys who he intends to kill by playing them for the rest of the year, he's got to use guys that we all know are substandard. So, you know, you could criticize him for it, but sometimes he has to do it, and that's all he's got to pick. Great. Well, let's stick with you, Jeff, and we'll go to MVP. Uh, Harry Kane. I thought he did well. You know, it's too bad he was offside on the one that would have been a goal. Um, he had missed a couple penalties that he could have taken if Fire had not uh, shown the decisions were wrong. But I thought he gave a good effort. He had a pretty good game. Okay, I like it. Uh, John, who do you got for MVP? Um, well, I agree with you, Jeff, which is fairly unusual. But nonetheless, that's good. I thought... I thought the offense was very unlucky with the VAR calls, as you say. I mean, it, there were some pictures published after that Harry Kane offside uh, decision was made where it really could be read either way. And I've always said that, look, if it's that close and it's going to take you that long, give it to the attacker. You know, it doesn't have to be down to the millimetre. But if, you, if you're if you spending that much time checking to see if he's offside and you can't quite figure it out, give it to the attacker and, and let the game go on more quickly. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, Harry, he's beginning to get in stride now. So uh, he gets my vote this time. Tommy? 
Yeah, I'm going to agree with Harry Kane as well. Um, I think, I mean, it kind of sucks that he didn't get that goal. It's just, it's a little unfortunate, but until creative creativity was there and like, at least you can tell that his heart was in it and he was definitely, and the and definitely the effort was there. So I can definitely appreciate that. Um, I did want to give an inter- honorable mention to Sanchez. I thought he played pretty well as well. I usually, ha- I slagged him off in the past, but I th- like, I mean, aside from other parts of defense, which one of them I will name in my LVP, uh, I I think he was probably the bright spot in that aspect. So, so yeah. Okay, good job there. Uh, let's go to let's go back to Jeff and go to LVP. Oh, oh we should... I had Kane as well. I'm sorry, I never said okay. Well, I had, I had sure. Um, so LVP, uh, we got Galini and Tanganga for their second team up in three games. Uh, and then uh, Doherty, who never does anything at all. Um, since I gave it to Tanganga the last time, um, Doherty, well, uh, Galini actually made a couple saves in this game besides his howler coming out um, on the on the uh, set piece. So I think I'm actually going to give it to Doherty for the fact that I don't remember him being in this game at all, uh, which is not unusual, but that's a pretty LVP performance in a big game. Yeah. And it was, he was playing out of position again, wasn't he? Uh, uh, Which, isn't he always? I, it doesn't matter if he's right or left. It's out of position. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but okay, good, good shot there, uh, John. Who do you have for LVP? Well, I've got Emerson Royal. I thought he had another very poor game, and um, I'm not sure what we're going to do with him. Quite honestly, I mean, you've got the fans on one hand yelling and screaming for us to sign players. We sign players that seem to have a lot of promise, like Royal, and then they don't quite turn out the way we hoped they would. Um, he's got a lot of learning to do. That doesn't mean to say I'm giving up on him now, not at all, but uh, he didn't have a good game. Well, to be fair to Royal, like, I mean, he was, he was more signed for a Nuno system and, and uh, he's more of a, probably a Nuno type uh, uh, fullback than a uh, uh, Conte type wingback. Uh, so uh, um, he might need a chance to adapt, but I do think we need reinforcements at that position. Uh, uh, Tommy, who do you have for LVP? I mean, Royale and Doherty are both per- perfectly cromulent choices. Unfortunately, I'm going to somebody else in the se- or in the back line. I'm giving it to Tanganga. Um, like I, I mean, I kind of alluded to it, whether it be a few minutes ago or during my first part. Um, I'm blaming Galini for getting off his line too late, but like, what was Tanganga doing? Like with the marking, like I. Like, like, he just waited way too long when Rudiger made his move. And he, like, and which left it too late for him to recover and Golini to get in. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying Rudiger wouldn't have scored, but it would have been more impressive goal if he did if um, Tengang was still nose to nose with him. And, but, and I don't know. It's just, it's unfortunate. I, I mean, when he was playing under Josie, I was like, oh, this guy looks like he could be really good. And unfortunately, I think a lot of it's a confidence issue where he just needs to build it up again, maybe go on loan um, next summer or this summer, and then let's see how it goes. But, yeah, sorry, he didn't do so well today or last Wednesday. Yeah, uh, 
I think I'm with you, Tommy. Uh, I wanted to give it to Golini, but as Jeff said, he did have a couple of uh, um, decent plays. Um, and it, as bonehead as his mistake was, like I, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about Tanganga when he has to play in the center back role. He just doesn't seem up for, especially against top sides. Um, so uh, especially in that back three, he doesn't seem like he fits. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to be my LVP as well. Um, well, any final thoughts on the, the matches before we go to half? Oh, uh, okay, well, uh, I think I wasn't sure if you had a final point, John, or you're just getting ready for half. Um, no, I do have one final point about Tanganga. Um, in the review given after the game, he got the highest review of anybody in the in the side. Um, so I don't know what that says about the others because you're saying he was the worst, but if you go for the review numbers on the BBC, he was given the highest. So interesting perspectives. That's all. Just wondering, John, who is it like a, where you can vote or was it like an actual, like journalist giving out the reviews? No, it's, it's the journalist that saw the game. Um, that okay. works for the that works for the BBC, and then he puts together a rating after every match, and gotcha. he rated Tanganga at under six, but it was still the best. Whereas you go Ooh. down to go down to Doherty, who was at two point four. Wow, so, that is that is pretty low. <laughs> yeah, not gonna go. lie. So I think pretty poor performances is the uh, is the word of the day. Yeah. Yeah, well, and maybe he saw some good stuff that Tanganga did, but uh, um, I think we're focusing in on the goal mostly um, with his performance. But we have seen some questionable performances in the previous matches as well. But interesting point, and thank you for adding that, John. But I think that's probably a good place to go to half. Uh, so the second half, we do have two matches to preview. Leicester away on Wednesday and, and Chelsea away on uh, on Sunday. Um but first, we have two halftime segments. First, first we are going to go to uh, John's Lone Player Update. Yes, good evening, everybody. As I said, lovely to be with you. And this is John's Lone Player Update for January. And I think the first player that should get a shout-out today is uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, plays for Celtic, and he is also a USA international, as I'm sure you know. He got some silverware. He got a medal for Celtic winning the Scottish League Cup. And so somebody who belongs to Spurs has finally got something to put in the trophy uh, trophy cabinet there. He also had a very good day-to-day. He had a goal disallowed, which was um, disappointing. It was a foul off the ball by somebody else. But uh, he's obviously having a good time there in Celtic uh, at Celtic. The other one I'm sure you're all interested to hear about is Parrot, who on loan at MK Dons. Something's going on there that I'm not sure that I can understand. I mean, he started the MK Dons game on the 2nd of January. He started the MK Dons game on the 8th of January. On the 11th, he was brought on in the 89th minute, which is a bit like not coming on at all. And in the last game, on the 15th, he was not used at all. Uh, Now, he hasn't scored in any of those games either. 
So I'm not sure what's happening with uh, with Troy there, but he seems to have gone off the bubble with MK Dons, and I think we should watch that a little bit more carefully. Um, the club bought a number of players back off of loan this uh, this month or in December. Um, Atete was brought back from Northampton, who were in League Two, um, but he has been sent to Cheltenham, who were in League One. So it appears the club wanted him to play at a higher level, which is a good thing. Jamie Bowden has been brought back from Oldham and is still with the squad. Uh, Janelle Bennett, who was with Crew, has been brought back to the squad. The uh, the other one that's been brought back, and I think it's kind of, there's kind of an interesting story here. Alfie Whiteman, the goalkeeper, he went to play for Degafor in Sweden. Now, it, this was Degafor's first um, season in the Swedish first division, and they were hot favourites to get relegated right again. But Alfie had a good hand, that first joke of the day, and managed to save them, second joke of the day, um, as they did, they managed to avoid regulation or relegation. So good old Alfie he did a really good job there in Sweden, helped them to stay up. He's now back with the squad. Um, I got a feeling we might see him a little bit in the future with, uh, with what's going on with Galini and whatever. He's a good goalkeeper and, um, he's certainly one to watch. And the last one that's out on, um, out on loan is probably one you may have heard of, which is Saar, Pepe Saar. Now, he has he's away with the African Cup of Nations. He's playing for Senegal. He started and finished both of their Group B games and um, looks to be getting a lot of good, uh, good play out there. It does appear that Senegal will move forward into the top, uh, into the last 16. So we're going to have to watch his progress as Senegal progresses because that's an exciting thing to see one of our players really getting some time in the African Cup of Nations where we don't have to worry about him being away from our squad. So that's it. Um, just a quick note. Basically, next month, we will be talking only about Etete Saar, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Parrott as the other guys have been brought back. So the amount of players on loan is drastically reduced. And if you remember last year, the report was always a lot longer because we had 13 players out on loan. So maybe this is a change in strategy. I don't know. It remains to be seen. But anyway, that's John's loan update for January 2022. Thank you. Well, thank you for that, John. And just a quick question: I think sometimes they'll pull, they'll pull people back and then send them back out on loan after the the windows elsewhere. Correct? Yes. Uh, yeah, so they will. We, we could see a few of these players go back on loan that are now back with us. That's true. Um, normally, you see it fairly quickly with um, Etete. He went back out to Cheltenham fairly quickly, but. Janiel Bennett, for instance, with Crew, he was brought back in November. So he's been with the club for a couple of months without going back out. Um, and uh, Jamie Bowden brought back from Oldham. You would think that if they brought him back, they would have somewhere for him to go. Uh, but that's not the case. So I wonder uh, if it's COVID related, maybe. Uh, maybe they want to make sure that we have uh, a strong youth squad just in case. Um, 
just in case we have uh, first team players start to go down because of COVID. Yep, I think that could be. Um, certainly, I mean they're back on, they're back in the squad. If you look at the uh, uh, the Tottenham Hopster web- website, you'll see that they've got a separate squad listed for first team and for the under twenty threes, and a couple of these players that I've mentioned are back on the under twenty three squad. So, anyway. Um, that's it for now. So well, thank you for well, the question, Anthony. Well, thank you so much, John. Uh, um, and uh, now let's go to Tommy's back page update. Thanks, Anthony. Um, as he noted, my name is Tommy, and this is your back page update. Um, we're not going to really discuss this part, but uh, Spurs are to consider offers for Deli Ali and Matt Doherty to leave this month. So that is one thing. Um, for the rest of the stories, I got what four news stories. And what it is, is that we'll, I'll say my piece, and then uh, we'll have Anthony, Jeff, and John uh, discuss for a little bit as well. Um, first news, um, it's probably not going to happen, um, but Christian Erickson is not, or the rumor is he is not going to come back to Spurs. Um, apparently Brentford are hot, their, are hot on his tail, but other rumors is Brent, or Brighton and Newcastle. I think Newcastle might be a big draw, just whether it be because of money, but um, they could use a player like him. I'm actually indifferent to this only because, A, <clears throat> the last calendar year where Erickson was, with at Spurs, or was at Spurs, he didn't do so great. We all know that. But he also didn't set the world on fire when he moved to Inter as well. Um, I think that the other, I mean, the other issue is his heart, of course. I mean, if he's clear to pay, play and he's got, what, the defibrillator in his chest, I think. Um, and, like, you know, he did a bunch of fitness tests and, you know, they're like, he's ready to go. Then, like, I wouldn't have had, had any issue. My only issue is just the way he played um, the past few years. Um, my And then the other issue with Erickson is, um, ah, crap, I forget. But who wants to go? first anybody Jeff what do you got yeah Christian Ayrton was my favorite Spurs player when he was here um when I joined um at the start of the Pochettino era he was my guy so yeah in a happy ending scenario I would love for him to come back and play for the club but this is a guy who was dead six months ago right and they brought him back to life and now he's trying to resume his his soccer career um and coming here for Conte, who he all, you know, when he got to Inter, Conte thought he was out of shape and worked him super hard, so that he became a key player from, you know, February through the end of uh, last season when they when they won Syria. So you know that would be a huge amount of stress for him. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I I think that's a really bad scenario for him. Brentford might be perfect because there's a huge Danish delegation there. Right. The, apparently the, the coach used to be his U18 coach. Um, there's a lot of Danish players there. And you, you don't know what kind of physical shape he's in now or how if he does make it all the way back, how long that's going to take. And so a six month loan at Brentford with a lot of support there, you know, hopefully will be good for him. Um, I don't even know after that uh, if he wants if it's a good idea for him to get up into a top six team with the additional pressure or not. Yeah. My um, only thing is because it, it would have been on a free, I, I could see it being like a, a good roll of the dice. Um, 
uh, whether he can get up to fitness and be healthy enough to do what Conte needs. He already knows Conte because he played under him. Uh, I think that those are the only pluses to bring back uh, Erickson. Um, That and he knows Tottenham too. So like those are the the three pluses. But if Conte isn't pushing for him and they they don't seem to want him, maybe they're concerned about his ability to keep up with their Conte's fitness level they expect, then – then I'm completely okay with this not bringing him back as well. Uh, John? I think the one thing that we need to look at here is that he would have to go through a medical before he played. Otherwise, he's uninsurable, which means the club would be responsible for any injuries that he occurred. Um, And is it possible that he could pass a physical with a pacemaker? I mean, I... I think it's unlikely, and I think if a team like Brentford are going to do it, they're going to have to take a chance and take him uninsured, which is, uh, that's a risk I would not want Tottenham to, to take anyway. Yeah. Yeah, actually, and actually, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers, I think it was back in like 2011, 2012, Spurs were in for a striker. I, I, I don't know, I forgot how to say his name, but it's Loic Remy. He used to play for Chelsea. And then he went to QPR for a little bit, French uh, striker. Apparently, he the ru- rumors we were Harry Redknapp wanted to sign him. Everything was agreed, um, but they found out he had a heart condition. And because of that, whether it be Harry, Daniel Levy, etc., they pulled the plug on that. I mean, he's from what I saw, he's still playing now. But it's like, yeah, John, I don't, I don't disagree with that. It's the roll of the dice. I think it's too big to take. I mean, I understand Christian Eriksen wants to play. Because, I mean, if you're an athlete and this is what you've been doing, you you set your whole childhood and you've been preparing for this. I get it. It's just, I mean, I, I, I can't be the one to convince him, like, hey, you got to call it quits or whatever. But, you know, that's that's all on him, of course. So Yeah, I think it's too big a risk to take, quite frankly. That's my thought. Anybody have any other comments for the next story? Cool. Okay, so next one, the uh, rumors – Maybe heating up again. I, I did see some rumors uh, last week. Um, Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, up in the Midlands. They did sign uh, a replacement for Adama Traor, who is Chiquinho, from Estoril in Portugal for £2.9 million. The rumor is for Traore is that, I mean, we've been kind of rumored with him. We could definitely use somebody like him, and the rumor is we would convert him to a wing back, which is some right wing back, which is something we'll need. But the kicker is. We would sign him on loan, and then, uh, but it'll be a loan to buy, similar to Romero, and then uh, we would pay twenty million to Wolves once the uh, summer hits. I don't know. Does anybody have any thoughts on that? I, I I wouldn't mind, of course. It's just anybody see this happening or general thoughts, Anthony? Well, th- there was a rumor out earlier today that that he had agreed to terms with uh, Tottenham. Now, now I know that doesn't mean that Wolves have, have agreed to a deal. Um, but they they clearly allow uh, if, if the rumor's true, he was he's at least been allowed to talk to uh, to the team. So there there could be some uh, smoke there. Um, and, the... I, and I would we've talked about whether we'd want him or not like a lot in the last couple episodes. So I won't go into that with my opinion. I'll let other people tackle that. But uh, but I think there might be some smoke here. This might actually uh, be happening, and and it might be this week that we find out. Um, Anthony. Where, where was the news? What source did you hear that from? Um, it was a a tweet, and I don't think it was a super reliable source. Um, 
because I, I it was like on one of those uh, Twitter groups that just retweet what different uh, writers say. Oh, okay, and it wasn't okay. it wasn't like a reliable writer. It wasn't somebody that I'm like, oh, okay, that's got to be a hundred percent. But um, but there there seems to be smoke there is more what I'm saying. Um, yeah, and there, there's been a, other rumors that it's uh, that it's going to happen in the next couple of days. But then there was also there's stuff flying around that Barcelona is jumping in now. Oh. But to you know me, what? that's more about money, probably. Like they're trying to get his uh, cost up by uh, by having another competitor. So uh, Anthony, I actually just searched it. Um, last word on Spurs tweeted it out, and then apparently it's from. Actually, you know, it's just from last word on Spurs, and they're. I mean, I'm not going to hate. I think it's Ricky Sex that does it, so I'm not going to hate on him, but. Um, that Twitter account is more or less known just to retweet and generate or to get rumors out there. So I would say that part is probably bunk. But, I mean, it's not outside the possibility because it is, I mean, in terms of transfers, you can agree terms with the player before because the team or the parent club would be like, hey, you can talk to him, but See if he wants to come, and then we can. And if you if you got things agreed, we can agree on a fee or something like that, or terms of the of a loan or something like that. But who knows? Yeah, I'd like to address the um, the, the issue that a lot of Spurs fans online are saying: What do we need him for? He's rubbish. I don't understand. When I saw him play a few times last year for Wolves, he was sensational. I mean, that the guy can can run down the wing. He can take people on, Tommy, just like you like him to do. He I, can was actually good, gonna, I was going to comment that as well. Yeah, he can He can put a good cross in. To me, he seems perfect for us. Um, I think, and as I said, when I saw him, I, I was really impressed with what he did last year at Wolves. He seems to be out of favor for whatever reason right now, but I think he'd be a great signing. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, um, I think it's going to happen. There's enough smoke around it, and Wolves need to move him somewhere. They need uh, for money since he's leaving at the end of the year. The um, for free if they do nothing. The other thing is all the loan for buy deals that we're doing. Right, we're already on the hook for forty two, forty three million for Romero in the summer. Supposedly, there's a five year deal already agreed to. Um, and then Galini, if we pick it up, <laughs> that would be thirteen million. Um, and then this is another one. So obviously Spurs think there's money in the kitty this summer that's coming in. It'll be interesting to find out where all that's coming from. But the other rumor is that maybe they're doing this because they think they can put together enough money for one more of their big targets in January. Yeah, um, and Tommy, I just want to jump in real fast. Like, I found it um, the same the same rumor on Spurs Web, and they they uh, give credit to uh, um, at Ekrem. It's E K R E M Connor K O N U R. Um, and when I look it up, it's like kind of like a latest transfer news from all over the world type uh, link. So they're the ones that. Uh, so, so I'm assuming it's still a questionable source, but there was. I'm assuming this source. person. I'm assuming this person doesn't have the uh, that blue check mark on their Twitter handle, do they? Um. Yes, they do. Oh, okay, interesting. It's Ekram Connor. 
but it's la- latest uh, transfer news from all over the world. They do have a blue check mark, but I'm sure it's not a reliable source. Uh, that's not but there is a legitimate source. It gotcha. wasn't Ricky Sack saying saying bringing it up as an idea. Fair enough. Yeah, because for me, I mean, my, I mean, a lot of rumors don't turn out to be true, but the ones that I trust the most are usually from what's his name, Fabrizio Romano. I think he's like the biggest Intino person. So if it came from him, I'd be like, okay, there, there's enough. There might be some fire to the smoke, but yeah. Yeah, for the uninitiated, Tommy, what does having a blue check mark by your name on the uh, uh, name? It just means your Twitter Twitter verified. Um, uh, none of us have it that I know of, but like you know, Tottenham Hotspur have it. You know, a lot of celebrities have it. It's it just uh, essentially, if you have it, it just lends more credibility to your name, so or it gives the air of credibility, so to speak. Well, but thank like, you. I'm not Twitter. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't really know what to, how I would use it. But uh, maybe there's a couple of people out there that didn't know that apart from me. So thanks for the explanation. No problem. Anybody have any other thoughts for my next topic? Okay, that's a no. Okay, so um, we talked about uh, fighting Tangi. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to find him training alone um, because Antonio Conte has pretty much banished him from uh from training with fellow teammates. Uh, but there's been some other rumors that I found. For example, the ru- or mirror, Daily Mirror, which is very not so reliable, said the most likely market would be Juventus, which I would, I mean, I I don't know if Allegri would want to deal with him, but if we can get a swap plus cash or either way for uh, Kuliszewski, I'd gladly take that. But some other um, sorry. There's some other clubs rumored um, for Ndombele. Of course, these are not substantial. Newcastle, I mean, they can definitely use him. I mean, he does have the talent. He's, it's just not being applied correctly. Barcelona, they could use him as well, even though they have no money. But sounds like they don't haven't learned their lesson. So if they can overpay, why not? Roma, I think, um, what's his name? Josie Mario did try to have a good working relationship with him and did uh, – give him a kick up the rear end, so to speak. He did okay with him. Um, other than that, maybe going back to Leon, I don't know if actually that could happen because of the money uh, or transfer fee. And also we talked about this many times and Jeff's talked about or why he would say is because of his weekly wages. Um, and then another, the last club that could be rumors, AC Milan, they are fighting for the Serie A title. Frank Kessie is leaving. So they would need a replacement. Um, let's see. Any, anybody have any thoughts on that? Jeff? Defend away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't, once they send you off to train by yourself, that's pretty much the end of the road, right? You, yeah. This, you don't come back from that. <laughs> because, I mean, over the summer. Very rare. Yeah, the last two transfer windows, um, you know, first he wanted to go, then they both agreed he should go. And now, you know, once you're in a one-man band, that's it. So, yeah, um, it looks like we're desperate to. We'll probably wind up paying part of the salary and not getting much uh, of a loan fee. But um, Napoli was another one I heard from too. But uh, yeah, I, last week I was surprised. I didn't think this would happen because I didn't think anybody would would pick up that money. But um, maybe they maybe Spurs will just eat more than we thought that they would just to get them out the door. 
Yeah, I think we're be, we're between a rock and a hard place with him, quite honestly. I mean, Conte's now the third manager that he has failed that has failed to get everything out of him that people know. I mean, you hear all the time he's the most talented football player we've got, but he doesn't listen to any of his instructions. He doesn't do as he's told, and. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're not fitting in with the rest of the guys and doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're useless on a team. And uh, I agree with you, Jeff. The fact that he's training by himself is the first step out the door. However, he's got a huge salary and he cost us a – well, he's our biggest signing, right? It cost us a huge amount of money. So – if we're going to give up on him, we're going to have to give up on a bucket load of money, which Levy doesn't like doing. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I think he's gone, but how we get rid of him and who's going to take him on, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Well, I think I think to your point, John, I think it's tough to find a taker in, like a, in this window too, which means that we might have to sit with him for another um, – three, four months before we can really start to work on finding somebody to take them. And even if these clubs are expressing interest now, I don't think they would do it in this winter window. Um, so, yeah, it, it is problematic for us to have a, an expensive player that we we kind of have to just uh, sit on for a while. Yeah, and I think, well, unfortunately, I know we're going to have to eat a lot of the costs once he's sold regardless. I think it's going to be some. I'm not saying he's a problem child like Eda Bayor, but it's going to be the con- – like, for example, when uh, Spurs got Emmanuel Eda Bayor years ago, Man City were eating up half his contract and we paid the other half. Uh, when he left, we paid out the 18 – remaining, what, 18 months of his contract. And then once he signed for Crystal Palace at that time, Crystal Palace paid the portion of it. So I think it's going to be a little bit of that. It's just like – according, I guess, whether it be Conte Parrots or Parachi or Levy, it's like – We'll pay portion of your contract so you can fuck off, but <laughs> so to speak. I mean, sorry, Jeff, but I, won't, I I don't have anything against him once he leaves, but I I do wish him well. It's just unfortunately it didn't work out. We dared, but it didn't work. It didn't. He didn't do much. Well, and the other problem uh, besides all the money is that apparently he's still extremely choosy about who he will go to. Like in the summer, it was Madrid, Barcelona, or um, Bayern Munich were the three. And no way any of those were going to go for him. So I don't know if the message has sunk into him now that if he wants to leave, he needs to you know expand that list. Hopefully, otherwise, yeah, the rest of the season, he's going to be training by himself here doing nobody any good. Yeah, or somebody's got to get into his agent's ear and be like, dude, these heavy hitters aren't coming for you. Let's go for second tier. We'll get a bite, hopefully. But anybody have any comments on this one? We kind of did this to death, death uh, this calendar year. Uh, but, okay, so last one. Um, promising U23 players, so that'll be, I think, Premier League 2, uh, Dylan Markenday. Um, he's set to be sold to Blackburn Rovers in the championship, who are currently in third place. Um, the issue with that is, or, is that we're apparently going to sell him for only a million pounds. Um, I think the main reason for that is because he is, or he's at the end of his contract, and Spurs do want to offer him a contract, but 
I think we all know that with Antonio Conte, it's like win now instead of bringing up new players and uh, bringing up youth. And the other issue, um, but I mean, he's doing very well right now. It's just, I think it's kind of the similar uh, vein of, for those who don't remember, is uh, Milos Velkovic. We sold him to Werder Bremen for like 500,000 uh, pounds. And he's playing regular team football, but like Pochettino's like didn't want him for, they thought he was promising, but he's like, you got to bide your time. And then, but like, he's like, I want to play now. And I mean, he was doing all right. And he's, he's been playing or from what I saw, he played over a hundred plus matches for Werder Bremen since he transferred. So I'm like, I don't know, John, what do you got? Well, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because Markadee has been banging the goals in for the under-23s for the last 18 months. Um, he's obviously a player that is going to play in the Premiership in the future. Um, he's young enough and he's got enough talent that that's going to happen. Um, I'm disappointed that it looks like it won't be with us. Um, I, I think you make a very good point, Tommy, that uh, if his contract is up for renewal and he refuses to sign the contract, then we've got to make the best of a bad deal. The other thing I think we've got to look at, if you look at the the, the up-and-coming strikers, he's behind Scarlett in the pecking order. And everybody says we need another striker. So we bring another striker in, which is what we've been trying to do for a couple of years now, then he would be the fourth choice striker. And therefore, I can understand his desire to go elsewhere. It's disappointing, but I, I think that we really don't have any choice in the matter because of, the, because of his uh, desire not to sign a contract with us. But uh, I should be very sorry to see him go, and I'll be delighted if he's successful in the Premier League, except if he scores against us. Um, Anthony. Well, I just uh, I agree with you entirely. Like it's disappointing, um, but I think we have to expect that uh, young talent like that's going to be sitting behind. Like uh, we're building ourselves to win now. This is what we're going to get. And, and I don't want to be a place where we we're, we're the Chelsea of the world, where we have guys turning twenty four that could have been superstars, but are just uh, not getting much playing time or the occasional loan spell. Um, I can understand why he might want to leave. I think probably the best financial decision that we can do for the club would be to, uh, to try and get like a, like a sell on clause in there at, at the very least. I like a buyback clause would, would, would have been nice, but it doesn't sound like there's anything like that in there, but uh, I, it, it sounds like there potentially could be a, a sell on clause, which, which would be a smart financial move. Um, since he's not he's not going to stick around, but uh, to, to to give him to Blackburn, like in case he does uh, uh, perform and come up to the league, so at least we can get a little bit something back for it. But uh, I wish him the best. Um, I am disappointed that he's going, but I understand, uh, Jeff. Yeah, it's because we've been through this before, right? Marcus Edwards, Rio Griffiths, other guys. Um, we have. You had several academy players who've put up real good U23 numbers and then it hasn't 
you know, they haven't been able to get into the first team and they've gone off elsewhere. And so far it hasn't bit us yet. Um, it's, you know, to use Chelsea as a comparison, you know, they have guys come up like De Bruyne and Salah who then go on and become superstars elsewhere. That hasn't been the Spurs experience yet. I'm not sure if that points to, you know, a general weakness in the academy that even the guys we overhype aren't quite good enough. Um, and hopefully that's something that will change in the Conte years where, uh, you know, the guys that we develop, if they're not good enough for our first team, they're good enough for any other first team in the league. Yeah, I, and uh, I agree with you, Jeff. Uh, the other one that we haven't mentioned yet is Parrot. I mean, we're keeping him. So we've got Parrot. We've got Scarlet. And... Um, and we're going to bring another one in, evidently. So I can understand the guys, uh, the, the way they, the way that he feels. I mean, he's got to feel he's fourth or fifth, and he wants a chance to show himself. And I think he's got talent. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, even if we let him go, as I say, we've still we're betting on the fact that Scarlet and Parrot are going to be better than him. And I don't know if that's going to be true or not. None of us do. But. Uh, that appears to be the way the club is going. All right. Sounds good. That's all I got. Anybody else have any final thoughts for you? All right. Anthony, take it away with the second half. Well, thanks, Tommy, as always. Um, uh, I always love that segment, and it's definitely pertinent this time of year. Uh, hopefully we get a couple moves before the window closes. But let's roll the conversation along. We have two matches to preview. We're going to do this pretty fast today. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. But the first one comes up this Wednesday, uh, January 19th at 1.30 p.m., uh, Leicester away. So this is the makeup uh, match for the uh, the earlier postponement. This was the one um, where I believe we had requested and been denied a postponement. Um, we, had, we had been asked for the postponement related to our uh, Europa fixture, and then uh, Leicester requested it because they had too many uh, COVID cases, and they got the postponement. Um so uh, currently uh, they sit in 10th place in the league with 25 points, seven wins, four draws, seven losses. Um, their most recent match was postponed uh, on the 15th um, to Burnley. They were postponed to Everton. They beat Watford. They were postponed at Norwich and beat Liverpool. So uh, it's kind of been mixed. They've been winning when they play, but they've been having a lot of postponements. So maybe the extra rest has been helping them. Um, they do have to take on Man City away on Saturday, so they have to be thinking about that as well. Um, now, top goal scorer is Vardy, but he's hurt. Uh, Tealman's and Madison ha are the next best goal scorers at five. Uh, ah, we've been alternating with win losses the last five times we faced them. Uh, wh where are you guys at on this Leicester match, uh, Jeff? Um. Leicester's got 11 guys out. They're in worse shape than we are. It's, you know, we just got a game like that stolen from us with, uh, with the Arsenal one this weekend. So this should be one we can take advantage of. Vardy's out. Uh, their two good fullbacks are out. Um, a lot of other familiar names. They still have a good team, but definitely they're going to be feeling it uh, worse than us for this matchup. So hopefully good timing. Yeah. Uh, John? Yeah, I had heard that they have a lot of people out too and obviously they don't have the same influence that Arsenal does in order to get the game postponed. They are in 10th place. However, they have as many games in hand as we do. 
So even if you give them a modicum of uh, of points for those uh, games that they have in hand, they're going to be still between 8th and 10th. Um, I think Conte's one thing that Conte has proved is that when it comes to the league, he's going to put the strongest team out and they're really going to know what they're going to do. So um, apart from the... Um, uh, the injuries that we have, where that I think are Romero and Son, um, hopefully Burbine will be back. I think we should be able to take care of Leicester um, and continue with the kind of successes that we've been having under Conte in the in the Premier League. Uh, looking forward to the game, and but I I really I really think we're going to take it to them, and I think we're going to have a fairly easy win. Yeah, my only concern is the away, that it's a away fixture, and we've been uh, haven't been doing great. Even in even Conte hasn't been doing great. It's been a lot of draws and away fixtures. Tommy, what are your thoughts? Well, see, that's the thing. I I don't expect a loss. I I do believe that we're going to get at least a point out of this. And based on what off of what Jeff said, they're a very depleted squad right now. Which I mean, we're depleted, whether it be depth or we do have, you know, Romero, Dyer. Dyer could be back, I guess, but Sun's not coming back for this game. So, I mean, it's going to – unfortunately, it's going to be all hands on deck um, with anybody that comes in, whether it be Bergvine. um, I don't know. On the off chance if Jack Clark comes in, I mean, that's a minute chance, of course. But, I mean, whoever comes in, like, they're going to have to work their asses off. I mean, if we can – I'll just say this, if we win and we get a scrappy goal and get lucky out of it, I will be more than happy with it just because of the current state of the squad. So, I mean, it does suck that we have to play at Leicester. I mean, they got a good, uh, they got good fans. They're loud and they always have those clappers. So that's going to be very annoying, but I don't know. And I mean, hey, Brendan Rogers, all you want, but he don't, he usually has an organized team. Um, regardless of talent. So that's always one thing to be worried about. So I think it might be, I mean, I'll talk about my predictions, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we play a little lackluster 25 minutes and then eventually we get a goal or two our, our way. Okay. Well, Tommy, give us your prediction because let's move right into predictions. Oh, okay. Um, actually, Jeff, uh, how many players did you say there are? 11? 11. And are they like all like would the most of these? I know you said Vardy and some other players. Well, like, Vardy, both their their backs, right? Pereira and um, Castain. Um, one one of their defenders. I can't remember all of them, but it's pretty across the board. But I mean, like, like Teelmans Teal, and <clears throat> those guys will still be out there. Okay, is so, he a Nacho available? No, yeah, Nacho is was one of the eleven as well. Okay. You know what? Okay, so I'm going to go with 2-1 just because A, Dyer's probably going to be out. We're going to probably have Tenganga, Sanchez, and Davis playing, which, I mean, bless their hearts. That's kind of what you usually say when they're not really good as a cohesive unit, unfortunately. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we let it in goal, even though the quality of Lester probably isn't there. It's just... It's just where... It's just the way it is. So um, I'll just... Let's say Kane scores a goal, and let's go with Bergvine. Now, both Ramiro and Regulon are in 
tra training right now, so they, they it might be di a different um, back line than we've been. Uh, well, they said Romero Romero's been starting training, but they said he still wouldn't be available until the end of the month. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm banking on. Okay. I don't I, I don't think I don't see why would we rush anybody right now back from injuries so quickly yeah, either. That makes sense. Okay, uh, let's go to John next. Um, I think they're going to win this 3-1, two goals by Kane and one by Lucas. Um, yeah, as a, the, for, the, for the reasons that I've stated, Conte seems to have us really, really playing well in the Premier League. Leicester are depleted. We have a couple of guys that may or may not be out. But uh, even so, I think we got, we're going to have a superb squad available. And uh, I think we're going to take it to them and win them th and beat them 3-1. I like I like the sound of that, Jeff. Um, I think back when this was originally scheduled, I had predicted a, a two-two draw, just because I thought we'd be lucky to get that out of Leicester at that point. But now things are much different, so I think we'll still get the two from Kane and Lucas. But I think we win two-nil. Oh, I like it. Um, I think I'm with you on the two goals, um, but I'm going to say two-one. I do think that they find a way to sneak one in, but I think. Um, I think their depleted squad is certainly going to benefit us. I think they've been getting lucky with all their postponements. Like I think they've been coming a little bit better rested when they're taking on other depleted squads. Um, they definitely had a good result against Liverpool, but uh, the Watford, like they, you would expect that they'd be able to win regardless. Um, I'm going to say 2-1, and I'm going to give a goal to Harry, and I'm going to give a goal to... Harry Winks. I just uh, I have a feeling that he's going to either play or be off the bench, and I think he gets a goal this time. Maybe it's another uh, cute little cross into the, the back of the net. Um, okay, let's uh, move the conversation along. We have a um, <sighs> another match against Chelsea, uh, the, the third this month, and uh, why can't this be one of the postponements? This is <laughs> this is one that, like, uh, that... I don't think we want to play a third match against Chelsea this month. Uh, but uh, we take on Chelsea uh, away this Sunday, January 23rd, uh, 10.30 a.m. Uh, they're still in second place in the league, 43 points, 12 wins, 7 draws, 3 losses. Um, their current form, they did lose to Man City th this, sad this past Saturday. Uh, prior to that, they beat us, they beat Chesterfield, they beat us, and they drew Liverpool. Uh, so they're, they're doing pretty well right now other than this lost to man city um they take on brighton away on tuesday after this so a little bit uh shorter rest um coming up um i'm sorry they, they take on brighton this tuesday and they have upcoming plymouth on sunday uh after this match uh so they uh uh their top goal score right now is uh uh mason mount with seven Jorginho has six uh, and uh, we do know we've lost the last four times that we faced them, and uh, we have to go back to November 2020 to get a draw, uh, and that was uh, yeah the last time that we we got a result against them. Um, we have to go back six matches to get to that League Cup uh, uh, match uh, in 2020 where we um, beat them in uh, penalties. So n not very good results and this is at Stanford Bridge. How are you guys feeling on this Chelsea match? 
Let's start with Tommy. Yeah, I'm I'm not confident with this at all because I while you're doing your preview, I was like, is at home or at Stanford Ridge? Oh my god, crap. Um, I'm not doing predictions yet, of course, but I mean, actually, I didn't know, or I forgot Google had this, but they had a win probability. Chelsea's win probability is 50%, draw 24, Spurs win um, 19. So, I don't know, I just, I know Chelsea didn't always play a top squad with us, but they, over the two legs, I mean, overall, they, they pretty much, they didn't blink an eye and we, we didn't look good as a whole and <clears throat> I mean, Chelsea's still fighting for, I mean, they're comfortably in a champions league spot, but I'm like, they might be able to pip uh, Liverpool for a second. Who knows? So, I mean, I mean, even with the squad that we have, it's depleted. I mean, unless if somebody talk, can talk me off this ledge where we could actually win, I'm all ears, but I just, because we have Son out, we have Ramiro out, we have Dyer out. Um, central midfield's probably going to get murdered again because we're going to have – I mean, I love Skip, but, I mean, he'll be fine. But, I mean, if we – like, if it's going to be Hoiberg or Winks, we're not going to be sitting pretty. Um, I think they're going to get – they're going to destroy them. Even if Skip is in there, I mean, we might have barely a fighting chance. But, I mean, uh, what else? Sessegnon is still a little raw, of course. Regulon just looked like crap this count or recently – Royale's looked inconsistent, so I'm like, who's going to get the ball to Lucas Mora and Kane? And, I mean, or what other way we're going to do it? I mean, whether it be counterattack, dump and chase, whatever, I'm like, I, I'm i at a complete loss of how we can even do it, uh, aside from the fact that some act of God happens and we somehow dominate and play the perfect game. John? Um. Yeah, half of me agrees with you, Tommy. I have to admit. And I also will say I'm so tired about talking about Spurs playing Chelsea in the last few weeks that I'm kind of bored with it all. However, let's look at the table. Currently, uh, Chelsea are 10 points ahead of us. We have four games in hand against opposition that isn't going to be as strong as Chelsea if we take if we get a draw at Chelsea we will still be four game we still have four games in hand and we'll still only be 10 points behind so I think they've got a really good incentive to get a draw this weekend and to play like we could get a draw and if we play like we did in the second half of the of the League Cup semi-final, I think we've got a chance. Now, I know some of those will say, well, Chelsea didn't really give a rat's because they knew they were going through and what difference does it make? But I think we're a different team in the league than we have been in the, in the League Cup. I think we're a different side, a different desires. And those, those games in hand are going to be very useful. So, I can a draw would not would be a very good result for us, and I can see us getting a draw out of this, and I think I would be delighted if we were able to do so. So, I'm going to go with a one-all draw with Kane getting the goal, um, and not be 
so distressed that we that you know we could lose this game against Chelsea because Chelsea have become a bit of a bugaboo and they've become quite honestly a bit of a bore. Uh, so let's take it to them, get a draw, and we'll, we'll that'll still put us in a very good position in the league. So that's how I feel about it. How about you, Jeff? I agree completely with you. Um, yeah, I think I feel like a draw is is totally within um, our ability for this game. I think, like you said, we did play much better in the second leg. And, yeah, we were unlucky not to get a draw in that game. We know if we lined up against Chelsea 10 games in a row, we would lose nine of those. Um, but... You know, this is one, you know, for one thing, Chelsea's going to feel a little overconfident, probably, or just flat out look past us, considering, you know, they just brushed us aside, um, you know, over the past week and a half. So, you know, they may not take this one as seriously, just mentally uh, out on the pitch as we do. Um, so, yeah, I and I agree with your score, too. I think 1-1 with Kane, the goal scorer. Uh, okay, uh, Tommy, uh, w- what was your prediction? Uh, John and Jeff, I do love the optimism. But. You're I, always going to get optimism from me, Tommy. Yeah, you know, I, know. I said we were going to win the League Cup. And okay, we came up a little bit short there. But uh, no, I'm I never going to be not optimistic about it. Well, you did say we are going to win the quadruple. I mean, the double is still technically on. So, you, and you never know. But, I mean. My heart would say I would be more than satisfied with the draw, as both you would say. But I'm gonna, I mean, in my head right now, I'm gonna, I'm like, we, we, I, I would have to say we have to lose. So I'm gonna predict uh, two no loss, and uh, I know, and and I'm not gonna say who's gonna score for Chelsea, but. I mean, I'm probably going to be at the bar on Sunday and, like, imagine if Lukaku scored. Rick said would probably explode. Is it Tanganga who's going to score? <laughs> oh, God. I didn't want to think about that. But, well, I mean... You know, we we did score the three goals that they got. That uh, is true. Yeah, instance, exactly. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think you, if you're going to go with a 2-0 win, I think you should say Tanganga and, a, <laughs> and an own goal by Lloris. <laughs> Oh God! I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I, I'm feeling uh, everybody's optimism. I love that draw, uh, draw is optimism, but I think I'm going to take a take a slice of that optimism. But I'm going to say it's going to be a zero zero draw. I think uh, uh, we there was a lot of back and forth goals in those two cups. Like a lot of uh, we might see a couple ruled off, like uh, like we did uh, in, in recent matches with VAR. Uh, so maybe maybe the ball goes into the net a couple times, but none of them count, um, and we both end up just zero zero. Uh, so I do not have to predict the goal scorer for that, unless uh, do I get a point if uh, if I predict no goal scorer, Tommy? You don't even know the oh. rule. Uh, I te- well, technically, since you predicted a shutout, I'd be like, yeah, technically there would be no goal scorer. So. Yeah, but I I don't think I've ever been in that position yet. Okay, well maybe this will be the first time. We'll so have to test, test the boundaries of your rules a okay. little bit. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on the episode as a whole for everybody before we wrap up? Well, I just think that we've had we haven't had such a great 
uh, last week or so. But um, as Tommy said, I am the eternal optimist and let's move forward and, and take it to them. And, you know, for those of you in England, they don't like it up them. Let's get it up them and take them <laughs> off. I like it. I like it. Well, thanks so much to uh, John, Jeff, and Tommy for being on this week, but that about wraps it up. So thanks to Tommy for editing and sound today, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill for having a place to watch. Uh, Find our merchandise at Big Head Media. Find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.